Hey, CA Church, my name is Cam Daly. I'm one of the pastors here. And this weekend, Pastor Marcus invited me to take a break in our relationship series and pouring a little bit of gasoline on the fire, invigorate and energize us as a church when it comes to the mission of God, evangelism, and to specifically share about the Great Commission. You may have heard in recent months uh, through announcements, social media, and our services that Jessica and I have felt the call to plant a campus of CA Church in a nearby sister city of Port Moody. For us, Port Moody is home. Uh, We had our first date here, we worked in the city, we went to school here, had our wedding reception there, uh, and as well recently, our daughter was even born in the city. And so for us, we heard this call, but it was a bit of a conflicted calling. As we loved youth ministry so, so much, loved our students, but as we were searching his word and listening to his whispers and talking to people close to us, it became clear that we were called to go, even though it would mean leaving youth ministry. As I've been telling people our story and our call, some people have thought to themselves or maybe even said out loud, like, why would you do that? Aren't things going great with youth? Uh, You get to lead such great students, one of the biggest youth ministries in the region, speaking at camps and conferences. Uh, And soon you've got this brand new building. Could you imagine what you could do there? And they're not wrong. It's been such an honor and privilege, and it's so cool to be able to serve our students. But Jesus has been calling. So this fall, We as a church hope to plant Rail City Campus in the heart of Port Moody. Our vision is to be a church that is fervently committed to bringing the gospel to the city of Port Moody. And so I'm stepping into this because Jesus has called us, each and every one of us, to a mission, a co-mission, as we partner with him in the work he is already doing in the earth and go to where his name is not known. You've probably heard this passage before uh, if you've been to our church for more than five minutes, but it's found in Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. Some of Jesus' very last words to, to the 11, as well as some of his other followers, as they gathered on a mountain, Jesus came to his disciples and said this, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them, these new disciples, to obey the commandments I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. And so this is why I am going. I'm not climbing a ladder. This isn't about career advancement. This is taking the call and the words of Jesus seriously. And some of you think, huzzah, wow, that's great. I love that. We need people like that. And I love that, but I think if that's your response, you might be missing something. These words found in Matthew 28 are our marching orders from Jesus. Up until this moment, the disciples have been focused on assisting Jesus in establishing the kingdom of God on earth. But now that he has died, crucified, and has been risen from the grave, is alive and well, they don't know what they're supposed to be doing. (laughs) This might be your reality. I found during this pandemic that it feels like many of us have become disoriented when it comes to our relationship with God, the church, our role in the church. Many of you had your places and stations, and these were completely brought to a halt. You used to greet or usher or help with kids or help in the parking lot, make coffee, pray for people, lead a community group, and boom, this pandemic hits, Sundays at church are not a thing, gathering is greatly discouraged, unless it's at Ikea or Costco, then it's fine. I'm kidding, but you feel disoriented, what do I do? We've had a few community groups that have stopped meeting since the pandemic hit, not adjusting well to life online. 
It's hard. We've had whole ministries stop. Is that you? Is the guiding light that you used to have in, in your role in the church, is it gone? Maybe you've come to Jesus in this season. It's a strange season of COVID. You've attended online. You've heard the good news of Jesus. You believe. Wow, praise God. First of all, listen, jump in the pastor chat by requesting prayer. Go to cachurch.info, fill out a connect card because we would love to hear about that. But secondly, these words that we've just read are Jesus's marching orders to you. Go and make disciples. Perhaps you've forgotten between business, your job, the fear in this season, causing you to disconnect, the busyness of life, you're flustered and distracted, your North Star, your guiding light, it's, it seems to be gone. See, this great commission is something for you and for I. We have been called into a mission. It is our guiding light. It is our North Star to go and to make disciples of all nations, to be people who are uh, sent and send, to be people who are disciples and disciple, to be people who uh, baptize, uh, get baptized and baptize, to be people who, t- who are taught and to teach. This is the Great Commission. And so these are our marching orders. So let's not forget it. My big idea for this text and for this time is don't let the great commission be the great omission of your life. I was mourning uh, of the missed opportunities in this last year as I considered youth trips that didn't happen, camps and conferences that didn't happen, missions and missionaries that were grounded, community groups and discipleship that was put on hold. 2020 was a tough year and 2021 hasn't been much easier so far. Everything was in shambles uncertain, disorienting. And we, but as we find ourselves progressing in this year, we need to find our footing again in this new season. We cannot continue to make the great commission to be the great omission of our life. We must go and make disciples. So let me talk about what it means to make disciples. To become a disciple was a common phenomenon in the ancient world. You had your rabbi or your teacher and you would follow them. So I've gone with Pastor Mark to Turkey, and many of you have gone with him to Israel. You've picked up on this. Mark leads these trips like a rabbi. It's not theoretical. It's on the ground. It's follow me. It's walk with me. It's look at this statue, this pillar. Come to this theater. Do you have questions? I've got answers. And I remember one time when we were in Heropolis, the city where Philip went to share the gospel. Mark, uh, as we were heading to the city gates, he takes this harsh left. Rather than walking through the gates, he walks around them. And I remember when, we, when I would walk through those gates, he called me over. We had a conversation about what it means to follow your rabbi. Those gates were the gates where uh, if you were to walk through them in that day and in that time, you were making a declaration that Caesar or whoever was in charge was Lord. You'd burn incense and you'd say it, Caesar is Lord. Christians who were unwilling to make this declaration were killed and put on display in these gates. In fact, Philip and his daughters were killed for not making this declaration. And Mark said, I would never walk through those gates. And it taught me a lesson that day about what it means to follow your rabbi. You see, disciples, they follow their rabbi, their teachers, wherever they're heading. And because Jesus went from from heaven to earth to share the good news and go— Because Jesus made disciples, we are called to follow him and do the same. To make disciples in this text, it's actually, it's imperative. It's an authoritative command. It's of vital importance, absolutely crucial. 
And then there's three ways that it gives us that we're actually called to live out that making of disciples by going, by baptizing, and by teaching. And this is what we believe it means to be fully devoted followers. And for you and for I, it might look different. We live in different cities and there's unique ways in which this will play out. But all of us are called to go on mission with God, this co-mission into what Jesus is doing. In the sense that it's not just some of us, this work is not reserved for professionals or the specially gifted or the cream of the crop, but rather every believer in all of the earth of every age and demographic and background. No matter your history, regardless of your spiritual resume, Jesus' command is to be and make disciples is for all of us. And as you're hearing this, perhaps you actually think it's kind of audacious that Jesus wouldn't just offer a salvation, a get out of jail free card, and simply say, see you soon. Especially in the West where our lives do not feel governed by a single meta-narrative or story, but rather we're told that each of us gets to decide and determine our own story and direction to live by. We no longer live in a cultural story or, or have a cultural story in which we can all live under, uh, but all, rather we all get to choose our own little umbrella that only has room for one. And so this seems audacious in a culture where each individual is told they get to chart their own path or choose no path at all. I don't know if you've been to Mariner Brewing in Coquitlam, but they actually have a slogan written on the wall and on some of their bottles. It says, set no path, never get lost. I think this line embodies the cultural philosophy, this postmodern mindset that we have no, that we have no need for a path or direction, never mind orders or commands. But interestingly, if you look at this text, in the word, if you look at the word go, look at this word go, it actually means to continue on one's journey, meaning this call from Jesus to his disciples is already in motion. This journey has already begun, and we're called to continue in it to keep walking the path, driving down the road, sailing ahead on this journey Jesus has for us. Simply put, it's already in motion. To go means to take action, movement. It certainly doesn't mean to stand still or go backwards. Have you ever um, experienced an event in your life that was so big that had a ripple effect that affected the future forever? We've all tossed a a stone into a still pond and seen as the circles move outward from the source, the point of impact with the water. Have you ever experienced an event like that in your life that took place that had a ripple effect that caused movement and change in direction in your life until this day? I think about, you know, it was a while ago, but becoming an adult. (laughs) You're no longer classified as a teenager. You've graduated from high school or university. And uh, what happens? Well, it causes movement from hopefully your parents' basement into the world, a new home, a new city, heading to a university or to go out to travel or maybe getting married. Uh, You've got engaged. You said, I do. You literally have leaved and cleaved. uh, And uh, one of you, at the very least, had to change your address and likely your last name. You were never the same. You moved. You changed as a person. You've grown and are growing. Two families becoming one. A decision that changes you to this day. I remember when I got my, my puppy, Henrik. Suddenly, everything changed in my life. Uh, I found myself moving a lot more, chasing after him, leaving my apartment multiple times a day, walking flights of stairs to let him go pee, Uh, going to new places like dog parks and daycares and pet stores and meeting dog people. And I, I found my steps were actually going up exponentially as I got this dog. 
And I won't even begin to unpack the change and movement of my life when I became a dad. Uh, both change as a person, a, a new and a great challenging journey, places in spaces I never spent time in before and now are weekly occurrences. It, it changed me so much. I think of more bigger cultural narratives, like things that happened in the United States where racial justice was brought to the forefront of our mind. It caused movement as millions of people took to the streets speaking out and wanting a, a new future. I think of the inception or the, the beginning of the internet. It changed the way we get information, communicate, meet, date, have fun, access entertainment, even the way we shop. It caused us to move in an entirely different direction as a people. Well, this person, Jesus Christ, it upstages them all. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, and then our acceptance and belief in that event, should, uh, that event should have such a ripple effect in our lives that it propels us outward should create movement in our life from, from something uh, to something. Jesus has changed the world. There's more songs sung about him, books written about him, prayers prayed to him. More people claim to be his followers. People have died because of him, but also found life because of him. Jesus has affected every sphere of our existence today, from law to literacy to equality. And the day you said yes to Jesus, it should have changed you. This event should have had a tremendous ripple effect on the direction of your life. It changed me forever. I grew up in, uh, outside of the church. I had no knowledge of who Jesus was. I heard and I, I believed in this event in history that God so loved me that he sent his one and only son to live, to die, to rise for me so that I would not perish forever, but rather have eternal life. This reality changed the trajectory of my life. And this event has created such a movement in people's lives that those who believe like me should never be the same. It's a new existence is another way of saying it. The resurrected Jesus in this text, he appears before the disciples to initiate a new order of existence. Jesus says to his disciples, because of all that I've done, because of my life, because I've died and rose, because I'm King of kings and Lord of lords, the risen Son of God. There is a new direction for humanity, an old mandate really given new in in uh, implications. You may recall the first commandment given to men, be fruitful and multiply. And so Jesus, in a sense, is giving this old command a new meaning. People, you make people. <laughs> so disciples, make disciples. Go and make disciples of all nations. So what does this mean when it says all nations? Well, simply, it does mean people of every background and demographic. People of uh, of all cultures, of all races, of all places on this planet. They're included in this. And Jesus uses this word when he says all nations or all peoples. It's specifically actually talking about those who are Gentiles, meaning they, they didn't believe what the Jews believed, those who had not heard the good news about Jesus. This is an important clarification because we're called to go and make disciples of, of not just those who are like us or believe what we believe or think the way that we think or look the way we look, but rather we are called to go to those who are different than us, who believe different than us, think different than us, have a different worldview from us and those who have not entered this journey with Jesus. This is why we as a church uh, go to the nations and work with our global partners to bring the gospel to people groups in need and those who have never heard. This is why we are planting Rail City Campus. And from, from day one, we actually wanna have a connection with our global partners in Mexico. 
and have mission there as part of who we are. Because what we do here, we do there. You'll hear Mark say this, and what we do there, we do here. This is why we as a church have made multiplication through campus and church planting part of our plan in the past, and it's going to continue to be in the future. Because we are called to go to those in our region who don't know Jesus. And this is why we are going to Port Moody. Because there are friends and families and neighbors, thousands of people who do not know Jesus. In the last census in 2011, 47% of the population claimed to have no religious affiliation, to believe nothing, no guiding light, no greater story, just lost. And that number is higher than Vancouver. In the same census in Vancouver, only 44% of the population made that same claim. And that number, it's only going to certainly be higher in this year's census. More than that, there there are people coming, tens of thousands of people coming to the city in the next 20 years. The population is expected to double by 2040 in Port Moody. Who will go? (laughs) Who will tell them about Jesus? Who will share with them the event that changed the world? Paul says it this way in Romans chapter 10, verse 14. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, How beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring the good news. Everyone who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Paul says, saved. Saved from what? This is why this matters. And I'm not sure whether we talk about this reality enough anymore. Saved from an afterlife completely separated from God forever. This should matter deeply to us. This should break our hearts. This should compel us to live differently. If we truly love our fellow man, if we truly love our neighbor and our friends and our families, this should bother us. I remember I was watching this documentary where they were capturing the death of our ocean's corals because of the shifts in in water temperatures and and chemistry and things like that. I was genuinely, I was so upset. I was so upset. I love creation. I love marine life. It's a passion of mine, but I suddenly felt this great conviction because I had weeped harder over over the fact that corals were passing away than the fact that my neighbor didn't know Jesus. A friend of mine was driving through Vancouver a couple years ago, and he passed by this place where it's, it's a chicken slaughterhouse. And there was hundreds of people outside holding signs. Chickens are murdered here. Chickens die here. And he just thought to himself, really? This is what gets people up in the morning? Don't get me wrong. I'm all about us treating animals fairly and rightly, but, but really this, this matters more to us than our our neighbors, our friends, people who are starving and dying all over the world. Remember a few years ago, there was a guy from the United States. I I don't remember his name. He went hunting and he killed a lion named Cecil. (laughs) The world was outraged. Social media was rumbling. People were tweeting and posting and he even received death threats. (laughs) And don't get me wrong, I, I recognize this Lion had a special relationship with that region and people and all that kind of stuff. But it just made me think, wow, we as people, we've, we've gotten off, um, off pace. We've fixated on the wrong thing. 
people in our world desperately, desperately need to hear about Jesus Christ. They need to hear about his love. They need to hear about his grace. They need to hear about his forgiveness. They desperately need it. They need him to transform them spiritually, to take this life that is dead and make it alive. They need something that isn't just going to last for today, but will affect them for eternity. People need the message of Jesus, and we need to be a people who bring the message of Jesus. This is why Jesus' last words to us were this. He says, go, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptize them, and teach them to obey the things I've taught you. And I'm with you always to the very end of the age. This is why he gave us this command, because people need this message. We need people like you to not allow the great commission to be the great omission of your life. We desperately need you with your new unique gifting and unique call and your specific connections to be a disciple who makes disciple. We need disciples who, who do this. And, and as we're starting Rail City, we, we need this more than ever. It's by necessity. If we grow through transfer growth, we've failed. We'll grow stagnant and die. We need to be disciples who make disciples and evangelize a church into existence. And so uh, at Rail City, if you join our launch team, we will train you to do, do this. We will show you how. We won't simply say, okay, great, come, make disciples. If this is something you want to be part of, you live in Port Moody or Belcare or Amor, and maybe God is calling you to be part of what we're doing. We actually have an interest meeting this Sunday, today, most likely for many of you at 2 p.m. You can join us. Let's go to cachurch.info at 2. Click the button and hear more about what we're doing. You can reach out to me, cam at cachurch.ca. But listen, if that's not you, this isn't a moment to check out because we're all called to make disciples, to go. And to remember we don't do this alone, that God is with you. And, and that we get to do this with others. And so the next steps for you is actually to walk in that confidence that God is with you and to go. To join a community group. Regularly connect with a group of like-minded people to co-mission with. I, I think every community group should have a mission, a neighborhood, an openness to invite the nations, your neighbors, to come in here. Why can we do this? How do we actually have the audacity to say that this is what we should do. Well, Jesus opens this whole passage and he says this, listen, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And he ends with this, and I am with you to the very end of the age. We actually get to come alongside Jesus, the greatest disciple maker, the greatest teacher who ever lives. We actually get to be people who are empowered by the Holy Spirit so that we can go with confidence into our workplace, into our cities, to our families to share the good news. Don't allow the Great Commission to be the great omission of your life. This journey is way too exciting. Come with us to Port Moody. Uh, go, go on a missions trip. <laughs> Start today. Make a disciple of your, your kid, your spouse, your neighbor. Start a community group with a vision of making disciples in a specific neighborhood. Start meeting again with your group that stopped meeting. Meet outside if you have to. Get over the fact that Zoom isn't the same as in person and jump on. Do life with people. Invite someone for a walk or, or, or to church this Easter. Start an alpha in your carport outside and invite your neighbors to come around a fire. 
<laughs> Guys, let the Holy Spirit direct you and lead you. All I know is this. We are called to go, to make disciples, to baptize. I just want you to think about how cool that would be as you imagine baptizing your neighbor or your cousin. We're called to, to teach, teach these great truths of Jesus. You actually, you can share this with people. Let us not make the great commission, the great omission of our life. We need you. We desperately need you. And so I want to conclude with us just praying together and uh, let's just connect with God on, on this note and on these facts that we've been talking about today. So let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for these words. Um, as I've described it, a guiding light, a north star for us as believers who have become disoriented or thus uh, us who are new to the faith, who don't know where to go. Lord, you have called us to, to go and make disciples of all nations, to baptize and to teach and to remember that you're with us. And so, Lord, I think about some of my friends right now who are listening and they don't know you, Lord. And maybe that's you right now. You can, in your heart right now, just pray and say, Jesus, I believe this. Jesus, I want to be part of your mission here on earth. Jesus, I, I, I want to go on this journey and I want to help others to come to know about this truth that I've come to know. If that's you right now, just pray something like that in your heart and in your mind. I think of those of us who are maybe feeling disoriented in this season. Lord, we, we come before you right now and in the midst of the disorientation and the craziness of this last year, um, maybe for some of us, we've lost our way. We had a specific space that we did ministry in the church and then things shut down and really that part of our life shut down. And Lord, for those of us who are in that camp right now, Lord, we just say, oh, we're sorry. <laughs> we're sorry that we've gotten lost. We're sorry that we've, we've headed down different paths. Lord, thank you for your word today that reorients us and reminds us of this great and incredible mission that we get to enter into with you. And finally, Lord, um, I pray by your Holy Spirit right now, you would actually maybe bring to mind, you would, by your Spirit's creativity, give us inspiration or direction about how we can do this in a way that is not so interconnected with a ministry or with a church, but in our day-to-day, -day, in our workplace, in our families, in our neighborhoods. Lord, how can we actually live this mission out as individuals with the community? Spirit of God, would you actually just speak to us right now? And I want to give you a few moments just to speak and bring to mind any, any ways you're calling us to go. Lord, I'm so grateful right now that maybe you're, you're speaking creative and new and inspiring ways for us to actually live this out because this is a commission, meaning we actually get to do it alongside of you. And so I pray we would actually walk into whatever it is you're calling us to do with confidence right now because we actually get to do this with you, Jesus, by the power of you, Holy Spirit. Lord, we love you. 
We're so grateful for your word. We thank you for today. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Amen.